also tell me how to... Welcome to Recovery Internet Radio. <laughs> this kind of just wants to go yeah, on, doesn't it? We just, we just really enjoyed this song here. Hello, welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, broadcast direct from Straight Up Studios here in beautiful Bull Valley, Illinois. Um, a little something about our sponsors. Oh, welcome to our newest sponsor, Rose Painting and Drywall. Very nice adding color to Chicagoland since 1965. Very good man. Well, thank you very much for that. I'd like to introduce our host for tonight, Mr. Rick Atwater. <laughs> thank you, and uh, welcome to Recovery Internet Radio and our show, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Tonight, our episode is The Apple Doesn't Fall Too Far from the Tree, and um, I'd like to welcome our guest, Howard Max, and our musical, musical guest, uh, Mike P., who is a regular contributor and supporter, contributor of music and supporter of the show. Mike shows up every other week or so to entertain us and keep us, keep us, you know, together. A regular contributor. A regular contributor. Got to have it. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for joining us tonight where we are every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And thanks to our engineer slash sidekick, hey, Chris Atwater. <laughs> it's interesting that we have the same last name. How did that happen? I don't know. Um, Coincidence. Coincidental. Mm. So you can call into the show for questions or comments or opinions um, at 323-792-2977 or... Uh, www. Tweet. Are we doing www? Oh, I'm ahead of the game here. You're ahead of the game. Okay. All right, or tweet. tweet at Rick Atwater. At and you Rick could, Atwater. At Rick Atwater. You can tweet, and we we can get that while the show's live, right? Yeah. Like right now, right, like right now. Second. So if you if you wanted to say something, you could tweet us, and we would be able to see that. Mm-hmm. The technology is amazing. Or you can contact us at recoveryinternetradio.com. Recoveryinternetradio.com. So also um, you can get uh, at recoveryinternetradio.com all of our archived shows, resources, contacts, and other webby stuff. All kinds of webby stuff. On webby there. stuff. A mm-hmm. um, couple of other things. Uh, I had promised that I would get cupcakes when we went over 5,000 listens. We actually are closing in on 7,000 listens tonight. <laughs> we're pretty, pretty. We're pretty humbled by that, to be honest with you. I'm pretty. I'm pretty amazed that. Uh, and I, I guess I want to thank you guys out there that are listening. So we have cupcakes tonight for the studio audience. <laughs> and uh, I did leave them in the car, and the icing melted a little, but they taste good. <laughs> and I want to do a quick plug for our friend Bob Ten Gallon Harper. Uh, Bob's band is Double Take, and I've announced this his uh, his upcoming gig for the last couple of weeks. The location of his gig has actually changed. It was going to be at Escape in Buffalo Grove. It is now going to be Saturday, September 8th. Music starts at 8.30 at Chicago City Limits. Chicago City Limits, that's in Schaumburg, 712 West Wise Road. So, see Double Take. I guess it's quite a good show. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. We're going to go, actually. 
Are you? We're gonna go. A couple, couple of friends. <laughs> We're gonna go. To We're, I, I didn't get invited. Well, you can come. All right. Get a babysitter. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Not so the grandparents. Doesn't even ask the co-host. I don't even know. Okay. So, um, I guess I'd like to uh, move ahead with the introductions and the and 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 get started here. Max and Howard, a father and son. Guys, glad you're here. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having Thanks. Us. Yep. Um, so let me. I'm just going to get. I'm just going to start with the, with the first question. I and I mentioned this to you. So which one of you guys got sober first? Why don't you go ahead and take that? Uh, I, I think I was just the one to wake up first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as Rick and I were talking early on, I don't know when I got sober. I quit using mm-hmm. a little over three years ago. Mm-hmm. But the sobriety thing that came a little bit probably afterwards uh, when the when the cloud left. Um, when did you get sober? Um, it definitely wasn't uh, right away. I mean, I got clean um, a little over ten months ago now. But the sobriety came a little bit after I pulled my head out of my butt and started listening and not trying to be mm. the quiet guy in the corner. Mm. Okay. So for you yeah. folks out there, um, I guess I got sober first. Yeah. 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 That, that'd be that'd be a that'd be a yes. But I mean that's okay because and, so, and and frankly, people there's a lot of people that wouldn't understand what you just you just said you you stopped using ten months ago, but you got sober after that. You got you stopped using three years ago, but you got sober after that. So maybe it would be is there a short form of the answer to that? Um, How yeah. would you explain that? Um, yeah, the uh, what what I've found out is uh, sobriety is uh, just becoming that person that everybody else hopes and prays that you can be and knows that you can be and that you want to be. And when that starts happening, um, sobriety sets in. That doesn't necessarily just happen when you put down the drink or the drink. Oh, no, no. The, the, the foxhole prayer, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, get me out of this one. <laughs> I won't <laughs> use, I promise, I promise. Yeah, uh, those are just collecting up days. But yeah. Uh, when um, when the heart softens and the eyes soften and you hear it from the people around you, it's just like being an alcoholic, I was the last one to find out I got sober. Ah, okay. Other people had to tell me. That's a good way. To, that's a good way to put it. Do you have anything to add to that, or how did you how did you know the difference between? Um, the biggest difference for me, well, that was after the anger stopped flowing, and that's kind of what I base sobriety off of. Just a whole change of attitude and outlook, really. Because when I first stopped using, I was still cranky. I was still mad, irritated. But after about a week or two, I just started to kind of calm down, realize the situation that I was in, and see the opportunity that I had as long as I stayed on a sober path and changed my frame of mind about it. Did you know the difference? Or Um, did did that come from the outside? Did somebody say you're different, or did you know? uh, That came from someone else. That came just from my family telling me. Okay. And by the way, I noticed you, you're kind of growing a mustache there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, you're, trying to grow it out a little bit. Trying to look like me, or you're yeah, or what? A little bit of both. You okay. guys got the same thing going. Yeah, on you here. look at Rick on the show, and I'm, yeah, I, I'm copying Rick. Yeah, okay. Same hairstyles. We're same. all yeah, we're all kind of we're all kind of trying to look the same. So um, <laughs> even Chris over here, got a, absolutely, got a, kind of got a face faceful going on. Um, okay, um, so do you know? Uh, any parents 
whose kids got sober first. I, I just, I don't know why I wanted to, since you guys are together here tonight, I just thought that would be an interesting take, and not too many, I guess. Not, not too many. Um, when I had to rack my brain about it, I've, I've heard about um, older gentlemen um, who say, you know, like, yeah, my son's been in program 10 years, and then I thought I'd give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, and that, that, but not, that happened. not so many kids. With, not, with not, not kids. Whose parents got so Only one who was on the show. Yeah, who developed um, an understanding that maybe I'm one of these people. Yeah, in yeah. trying to figure out her son. Yeah, Marsha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a very that was a very interesting thing because what I wondered about, you know, even though that didn't happen here, would that be kind of weird if you got sober first? Would that be odd? Um, I don't think it would be odd. I think it'd just be awkward at first. Yeah. Especially since with um, the amount of knowledge you get just entering a 12-step program. Yeah. If I were to try and bring that to a father who was still out there and that was older than me, um, it might be a little challenging at first to try and sell him on it. Yeah. Now, are you guys fairly honest with each other these days? Yeah. Brutally. Okay. Rigorous. Good. Good. Okay, so here's the next question. That was such a setup. I'm sorry. But um, so when... When uh, do you remember? I, I assume you remember when when your dad was still drinking. Yeah. Can you? What was that like for you? I mean, I don't know how to exactly. You know, see what you can do with that question. Yeah. No, I I kind of get what you're saying. They're trying to ask there. Um, it was uh, it was definitely difficult to see somebody um, that I had known all my life, and I didn't understand what exactly was going on at first. For a while, I just thought Dad loved sleeping on the recliner. Um, <laughs> Very comfortable. Very yeah, comfortable. and you know, that, I, that would have called for a a, a okay. crazy train, maybe. Uh, yeah, we can we can do. Uh, Oop, yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah. train. You know, maybe even a little. Yeah. We're gonna do that. Yeah, and don't yeah. and don't wake don't wake the sleeping bear when he's hibernating in that recliner. Yeah. Okay. So or that it was his neck and back problems that kept him to that chair and not the drink. So <laughs> you didn't really know, in other words, that. Yeah. I mean, early on, um, I didn't really catch on to anything. I just thought, oh, that's how my dad is. That's how most dads are. You know, just kind of grew up seeing that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was around. 14, 15 years old that I really started to see a difference in my dad's um, behavior, really. He turned turned from just like that sleeping bear in the recliner to that irritable irritable bear that woke up too early from hibernation and just wanted to attack everybody. Yeah. And and I'm sure that that wasn't particularly pleasant for you or other Um, family members. (laughs) No, not exactly. Um, No. (laughs) <laughs> that, that that's a nice short easy way to put it. No, it was not pleasurable. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, and and have you guys have you guys talked about that that period of time? We have. Yeah. Um, I mean, as part of my dad's amends to me, we had a thorough conversation about how he used to act, and I don't know. You want to take over from there? It's kind of your inventory, not mine. Wow. Very good. Very good. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, uh, Max kind of hit it on the head. Right when he was at a certain age, the wheels started falling off, and I went from being that uh, when the switch really flipped and the downward spiral. Um, now, to brutally honest, yes, I did make an amends and talk to him, but he was uh, pretty much in his own world, and really 
my little AA feelings got hurt because he didn't have the gushing, I forgive you, I love you, Daddy. Um, it was a response of, is that it? Can I go play video games? Are we done here? And then the question, of course, I have to ask was Max over yet at that time? No. Okay. And so. then once once Max was um, getting involved in program, we had more meaningful discussions. I was able to redo the amends because, well, we were locked in cars together in California, mm -hmm. <laughs> taking trips. We were um, living under the same roof and just the, um, the one day at a time, but don't waste a day on uh, leaving anything left on the table. And that's that's been a different uh, aspect. It's not, don't attack it and have to fix it all, but uh, that, that darn 10 step mm -hmm. really sucks. Mm-hmm. Went wrong properly, admit it. Mm. Yeah, he helps me realize when I'm wrong faster than I would like to know. So now it's your turn in some respects here. What was it like living with, with him when he was using? And did you know did you know Max had a problem or was that a, when that came up, was that a surprise? I or? was I was fighting against um you know, we were living on the island of denial and the sea of delusion. Yeah. So here I am a couple years into sobriety, not liking my own situation in recovery. A little tension, you know, a little you know you know, some big guy upstairs is forgiving me, why hasn't everybody else thrown me a parade type thing? Yeah. And uh um I knew Something was definitely going on. I knew when he partook of the herb. Um, I knew that no one in their right mind hands uh, their nephew keys to a house with a hot tub and a pool and says, come on over and house sit. And then he gets caught with a bag of limes. I need to return his bag of limes. Like that didn't. And the multiple sets of ping pong balls, like they weren't going to be used for a sport. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a ping pong table. Come on now. Mm. So, um, <laughs> so there were so there were some hints along the way, you know the yeah the limes, you know well maybe you just like limes yeah maybe you like citric fruit and yeah, or squeeze and make a lot of lime juice for his friends or when I walked into his room that. and uh, smelled things and searched around and found them and mm -hmm. then would ask the pregnant questions so um, since everybody's getting stoned how do you feel about that. <laughs> How do you feel about that? That question. There's that question again. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had a. So things were kind of moving along, and but you had you didn't. It wasn't like you said, you know. Well, were you worried about him? Um, Max has a yeah, simple answer. I didn't know what to think about worry or anything. I I had this battle with myself about he's got a medical situation that I couldn't have handled at his age. Um, lifelong medical that may require surgery altering his digestive system permanently. That was part of my downward spirals, being angry with a, a higher power. How could you do this to my kid? I got over that. But um, so I was willing to make a lot of allowances, thinking because you thought, yeah, if he's only going to have this life and this, then we don't know what's coming around the next corner. As long as he doesn't get like me, yeah. Maybe it's okay. Because I didn't know right. for the judging. You know, I don't know what normal is. Right. I don't know what normal experimentation is because I didn't experiment. I was full go for minute one. So if he was experimenting, well, okay. You know. And I think that's what a lot of parents, you know, when you assume that's, that's what a lot of parents think, they would cut their kid a break. Especially in a circumstance like that where there's, you know, something else going on where you're worried about, you know, you're more worried about his health and like, well, what's a little, what's a little use or what's a little, 
you know, if it's not, like you said, if it's not to the level where it's causing problems, when do you, when do you step in? When do you really get concerned? When the other thing too, is when you start taking inventory of the uh, antipsychotics and relief meds and start asking like, Dude, you're really not taking me to school, are you? Because I'm thinking about the dealing aspect. Ten bucks a, a pop, you know, that sort of thing. Now, were those were those prescribed to you, or were those just did they just sort of show um, up somehow? Most of them were prescribed to me. There was maybe one or two bottles that happened to be in the household, but at one point in my life, I did actually need them for panic attacks or Great Depression. Like my dad said, I had a lifelong condition. So at one point, I was feeling down in the dumps, very depressed, had a lot of anxiety. So I was uh, prescribed the pills. Right. Um, and what he's talking about is that sometimes a headache turned into depression, or at least in my mind it did. Right. So I figured, well, if I have a headache, eventually I'm going to get depressed about it. So I should take one of these mood-altering depression pills. Right, sort of a preemptive strike kind of thing. That whole frame filter, you can pay me now or pay me later. Right. Let's get her going now. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, and that's the fine line between when you're using them for a legitimate reason and when when your Tinker Toy Factory takes over and... Justifying it. And justifying the use, yeah. Okay. But then, see, you're not going to probably know the fine tuning of all of that until something bad happens, right? Yeah, and, and the other, I'm sure you'll go into the wheels fall off and that question and stuff, but we were in the middle of a family trying to determine living arrangements and where people were going to eventually become physically uh, located, and I was traveling Monday through Friday and coming home trying to be like, Easy going, hey, you know, everything's okay, we're all good, let's be consistent. But then I'd be like, uh, I knew he, he had the tendencies, because after I got educated on it, I'm like, yeah, he's one of us. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah, I'm checking off the whole thing, like, uh, you know, my favorite saying, one's good, two's better, and four is blanking outstanding. Yes. So maybe this would be, a, let's take a moment for you. So, so how did you, so... What's kind of the short form of how you got to the point where you where the light came on for you? Um, well, I mean, it all starts out in the summer. You yeah. know, it's a great time to start out. Uh, it was the first summer where I was actually going to be working. So I decided, well, if I'm going to be working, I want to make a lot of money. So I'm going to work every day at least 12 hours a day. Okay. Later on, I'd go to see that there that that was very alcoholic of me to do. But at the time, I'm thinking, all right, I just want to make a lot of money. So I get to the point where I'm about a month into summer. Um, I've been working every day. I'm stressing myself out because not only do I have to work every day, I also have homework to do for my upcoming high school year. I had some AP classes that I had signed up for, and I had summer homework to do. Mm. So I'm stressing out about that. I'm also stressing out about applying to colleges, getting those essays written. So that kind of was on the back burner, too. But then also the whole family situation my dad was talking about. So, I mean, I had a lot of stuff going through my mind that I wasn't very open to talk about with anybody. So the natural reaction that I had developed while growing up was to just push it down, push it down, push it down. 
and just deal with it later. And that finally caught up to me at one point about a month into the summer. And that's where I knew I had some friends that were used to dealing um, marijuana. So I gave them a call, um, got a nice little baggie. It was all wrapped up for me. And, uh, yeah, that's when I kind of just put the pedal to the metal and started going at it. Just wanted to escape the reality I had created for myself in a lot of aspects. Mm -hmm. And just from there, um, I mean, I had to stop the using. And I'll mention really quick, yeah, my dad did talk about uh, me having to house sit (laughs) for my aunt and uncle. And uh, I took full advantage of that. I had the great idea in my mind, you know what, I've been a good kid all my life. This opportunity only happens in movies. So I'm going to take full advantage of it. (laughs) Aunt and uncle are out of town. I tell my parents, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just stay at their house because they have a dog and i got to let them out. I mean, just threw a nice party with a couple of people. But I, I of course, was being smart about it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this right, though. Hit everybody's keys, all that stuff, making sure that everybody was safe. Um, so, and I made sure that I didn't drink too much so that I could wake up for work the next morning. You know, I was being very controlled about it, or Mm -hmm. at least that's what I thought. So anyway, jump forward now to, uh, beginning of my senior year. Um, I had to stop a little bit because I was involved in a lot of academics and a lot of sports and it came to the point where I actually visited, um, a, family relative of mine and I was so stressed out now from school and sports and having to be Mr. Perfect that I got a hold of some medication that was not prescribed to me and um, eventually I took more than was originally prescribed for anybody and uh, I didn't go to the hospital or anything but it was was quite apparent that I overdosed when I started feeling uh, my skin like tingle as if it were on fire and I was in uh, hell. Mm-hmm. For the parents out there, not a good thing. Um, yeah. The the other part where uh, Rick does, how did I know and Chris has this. Yeah, when you have a sibling who wants to grind an axe with the older Mr. Perfect, they tend to dime them out a lot too mm-hmm. and tell you the things that are going on when you're not there. And uh, that that is one of those things uh, I would suggest talk to your kids. So you were getting information from the other one. Oh yeah, I was. I was getting you know like tweet yeah. feeds. <laughs> you know, guess what he's doing now? Yeah. Guess what he asked me to do now? Daily updates. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 those that overdose situation was the end of it for you. Was kind of the yeah, beginning that, of the end. That was definitely the beginning of the end because at that point, I kind of realized that I needed some sort of help. I mean, when I realized, realize, I'm sorry, you know, oh, no, that's did you right. realize that before anybody else did, or did you get caught? I realized that, and um, I came clean with my parents um, as soon as I did realize it. Now, granted, it was a couple, 24 hours before I came clean to them, but it was basically 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was having crazy hallucinations that I was being poked at with pitchforks. And at that point, I'm just breaking down. I'm a blubbering idiot, just sobbing downstairs. I was terrified, yeah. Yeah. My mom comes downstairs, asks me what's wrong. I confess to her right away. 
then she wakes my dad up and from there my dad just kind of helped me into the program did did it make a difference to you i mean did did your dad being in the program make that a, an easier transition or did it make a difference for you to recognize that you had a problem that he had recognized that he had one um i think it definitely helped out i mean if it had just been two parents who had no idea about addiction or any type of ism yeah i think it probably would have gone on unchecked a little bit longer maybe i would have seen a doctor and faked my way through the exam who knows but um i can definitely say with the situation that it was and my parents knowing what they knew it just helped out with the process even more and they were very supportive from the start yeah okay yeah controlling or supportive well, in my mind, it was supportive. I mean, of course, later on, I'd go to see it. Maybe it was a little bit controlling with my dad handing me my first sponsor, but then again, he wanted a guy that he could trust. So he so didn't want me finding any liquid sobriety. Kind of well, um, I mean, you know, you were, you were at that time, what, 17? Yes. You know, and yeah. 10 days away from turning 18, I was afraid that if uh, he didn't get, we didn't make a move. We didn't make a move. He was going to be able to sign himself out of any rehab I put him into. So he had a he had a seven day window of opportunity to get this thing. Did you? Um, this is a. I don't know if this is even. You know, it's kind of a hypothetical. But did you? Did you think? Even after you were sober, Howard, did you think that Max? Did you ever think he could have a problem? Did it occur to you that he could have a problem, or were you kind of of the mind that it just couldn't happen to him? I mean, because Max was kind of like the. Like the perfect guy. Like yeah, saying, yeah he I was, always did everything right. You know, the good Boy Scout, all that stuff. I, I had checked off on uh, Max's other sibling very early on. Oh, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. Okay. Oh, this one's gonna be a little bit more like mom. And what I didn't realize, I was in denial also on how much pressure he was putting on himself to the point that it was so overwhelming, and that my easygoingness about downplaying the pressure. Actually, probably wasn't helping it. Okay. Not recognizing it and saying, "Hey, this sucks." And what Max, what you said was, you you made you kind of we laughed a little bit when you said, you know, you were working twelve hours a day and, and you know every day of the week, and that was and that was alcoholic of you. And I think there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't understand what that what that means. But I take it what that means is that, well, mo more is better, or if, if over excess is better than. And even if it's amount. excessive work, it's the way you think about it. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't understand that. They just assume that alcoholic is a guy with a bottle and a brown paper bag. <laughs> yeah. This know. kid just wants to work 12 hours a day. Yeah, What's wrong with that? Yeah, wrong with that? In fact, you know, I'm good like, for him. Yeah, good for him. Let's, you know, somebody, a little pressure is good for you. Let's crank it up. You know, yeah. Turn up the clips. <laughs> Let's not realize that he's networking at work to figure out who he can get stuff and who's old enough and who's that. And then also, uh, with great risk comes great reward for um, how much money can you earn and then keep your parents just totally in the dark where it's going, where it's not going. Right. Because if you earn enough, there's not too many questions or you've, yeah. got, enough, you've got enough expendable income yeah. to do whatever you want. And he's got this medical situation, so we have to cut him kid gloves. And, right. Mm -hmm. And he deals in cash, too, so there's no... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so, okay. Well, that's... Uh, okay, so that's a really, I think, a pretty good setup 
for where where what we want to kind of talk about in the second half of the show, which is a little bit more about how you guys how you guys ma- currently managing your life, and that's where the whole odd couple theme comes in and the Batman and Robin music. <laughs> and we never we still haven't decided whether whether even you know the blurb for the show was are they are they more Batman and Robin or or uh, you know more, Oscar more, and Felix. Yeah. I we'll let the, the viewers jury, decide. The viewer, yeah, the, yeah, the listeners can decide. You can tweet in on that. You know, yeah, if you, yeah. Who's Oscar? Who's Felix? Yeah, who's, Oscar, who's Batman? <laughs> who's Robin? We need to know a little bit who's more about Who's the Joker? The, the jury is still out here. So <laughs> let's um, take take uh, a musical. Uh, let's take a musical break here, and I'll let you. You guys need to get set up. Or are you ready to roll? What are you gonna? You wanna you wanna set it up a little bit, Mike? What are we What are we gonna do? What's the plan? What are you gonna play? Oh, I'm gonna, uh, Max is gonna be singing for me. Okay. We're gonna play Bubble Toes by Jack Johnson. Okay. When he gets back. Okay. I think I think Max just left. So. Clearing his throat. Okay. Elvis is entering the building. <laughs> he just had to make an appearance. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're gonna do Jack Johnson, and what's the name of it? Bubble Toes. Bubble Toes. Okay. All right. Go ahead and you're ready, dude. Fire it up. Yeah. Start, man. All right. Hold on. Ready? All right. It's as simple as something that nobody knows it. Her eyes are as big as her bubbly toes. On the feet of the queen of the hearts of the cards. Feet are infested with tar balls and scars. As common as something that nobody knows it Her beauty will follow wherever she goes Up the hill in the back of a house in the woods She'll love me forever, I know she could I remember when you and me mm, How we used to be just good friends Wouldn't give me none all I wanted is some She's got a whole lot of reasons She can't think of a single one that can justify leaving She got somebody thinks she got so many problems Man, you got too much time to wait Dreams are like commercials her dreams are picture perfect and our dreams are so related so they're often underestimated. Simple as something that nobody knows that her eyes are as big as her bubbly toes on the feet of the queen of the hearts of the gods feet are attached to a sorrow and la-da-da-da-da-da I'm 
I, I used to laugh about opposite day. I wanted to do the exact opposite for my kids right. that I had. So when I hit my uh, downward spiral and I knew I was addicted to alcohol and other things, I wasn't trying to hurt them. I was hurting myself. You know, that old, I'll drink this poison and it kill till it kills you. Yeah. But it was really me. Right. So I was this uh, bipolar nut job who's trying to over-medicate with alcohol. And in the end, when we talk about the recliner, that was my, that was my sanctum, my sanctuary, where right. I'd be left alone. It was my little corner. And after, well, you wouldn't hurt anybody but you. Yeah. Yeah. You kick it into high gear and... Only an alcoholic has the skill to fall asleep with a 16-ounce cup of whatever they want gripped and have the Vulcan death grip on it. And, and in not the morning, spill it. Not yeah. spill it. And yeah. in the morning, have some ready just to start up again before the shakes. But how many, I wonder how many parents would have the same thought that you did, that they maybe had their, their own brand of craziness in their family, but they weren't going to repeat that craziness and do the same damage to their kids that they that they yeah. had done to them once once you realize that, that there was damage, and then end up doing the same damage. Yeah, or similar. And it, it was, uh, you know, we, we you look on the blurb for the show, um, you know, the guilt that comes with. I gave my kids a fifty percent chance of being addictive through my genes. Yeah, it's not like, like I picked the genes here. You get the addictive one, you get the smart one, yeah. you get the heart, you get the mind. No, it just kind of happens. But then once your kids in recovery too, that takes your program to a whole new level because it's not like you can disappear out of meetings and do what I used to call it, you know, like the Sunday meeting. Everybody's hanging out and doing good, and then once you hit the parking lot, get the hell out of my way. The bears are on, <laughs> and you gotta you gotta be in program all the time. It sucks. So, so now you got to practice what you preach. All these principles and all our affairs. Yeah, like, uh, practice what you preach. Now, did you were you aware? You know, I mean, now now that you're because this is kind of where we kind of wanted to go. So now you're you're cleaning sober here. It's been you know ten months. Are you tuned in to when your dad's not practicing what he preaches? Oh yes. <laughs> Okay, so what do you what do you do then? How does that work? Oh, I call him on it right away, and he gets mad for that. But then he realizes that he is in the wrong. Would you like to share something that you've called your dad on recently? Well, yeah, sure. Um, and remember, we're on the air. Oh, don't worry. I'll keep keep it like PG. Okay. Thirteen. You can go R. (laughs) Adult. Yeah, we haven't we haven't dropped an F bomb yet. No, we're adult. We're adult. We're adult land. Not mature. (laughs) The most recent thing that I can remember. Um, my dad had gotten home from work, mm-hmm. and he went into his room to check email and whatnot. And just right away, um, you could kind of smell it coming from upstairs. Neither of us had let the, our new puppy out in a while, and oh. he decided to poop <laughs> like five <laughs> times. Oh, Jack. All around, yeah, Jack. Jack. All around the uh, living room. Ooh. So he goes downstairs, and he has a fit about that. Right. And he's coming upstairs, and I could just tell something was off, because then as he's walking by, he sees, like, a pair of my sister's shoes, and he's like, F it, why can't she just put them away? And he's just getting antsy about everything, and I'm like, sounds like someone needs a meeting over here. How you feeling, Dad? How you feeling, Dad? And, I mean, he was definitely a little um, angsty, a little uppity about some things, but, I mean... 
once I called him on it, he was able to see just like how those outside influences had affected him mm-hmm. and that he has the option to control how he deals with it. I, I think one, maybe Max doesn't know, he says it all the time, and it, he said it, um, the truth hurts. And when your kid, who's in program, calls you on it and makes that smart-ass comment, like, have some, has somebody talked to their sponsor recently? Oh, yeah, that's a popular oh. one in the household, too. And you don't want to admit, yeah, yeah no, no, and, and I don't want to, but thank you for noticing. You know. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. And and that one and it's vice versa. We we call each other on that. And, um, let me ask you one thing: Who cleaned up the poop? Uh, misery loves company on that one. Yeah. It, it was a family activity. Oh, okay. It was we, a, we really switched off. I mean, we tried you, to get them on a schedule. Two and a half piles of peas, or how did you work that out? <laughs> Somebody swept it up. Somebody somebody sanitized. Okay, we got a scooper and we got a cleaner. I got yeah. you. Okay. So you you got a you got a way to work these things out. What so what? Give me give me an example of what happens when he's off the beam. Oh, just this past week, uh, <laughs> I could tell he was wigging about uh, college and starting up, and right. and um, summer's over, and uh, he's not working as much. So I'm like, hey, so when's the last time you went to meeting? Now this is a question that he hates because I don't ask a question like that. Just like um, his mother doesn't ask him a question like. Do you have anything in your closet that you shouldn't have? I mean, those are just baited questions that come through that we know. Right. They already know the answer. So what am I copping to today? Um, so he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, really? So when's the last one you went to? Hmm. And uh, one of his friends was over, and I said, uh, you know, please take him to a meeting. Would it be the friend that's yeah. here? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah Mike. Michael Michael was over and uh, Michael was showing off his brand new haircut and then all of a sudden I said, Mike, take him to a meeting. He's driving me insane. We were in the middle of watching a good TV show too, so I was a little antsy about that, but in the end it helped out. Okay. So you get mad at first, do you a little bit? Get you get a little uppity? Um I mean a little bit just because you know what I'm doing is so much more important. Well, Obviously. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. In my only, messed up way of thinking. You can anyway. only see so many YouTube videos on your phone. I mean, it's got to be important what somebody's tweeting about the latest uh, Will Ferrell incident. I mean, I, I understand these world events are far more important than going to meetings. Of course. Do you guys do things together? Do you, you know, do recovery activities, go to the go to activities, go to meetings, that kind of stuff together? Yeah, we go to meetings together. Um, not as much recently because... In the beginning of my sobriety, that's what we did a lot. We went to a lot of meetings together. You know, I was kind of taking shelter under Big Bird over here without <laughs> stretching his, like, 20-foot wings so that I could well, have some. There it is. Yeah. Some, yeah. Uh, there we go. I'll yeah. wait for it. There it is. There it is. Oh, it went, it went out. We, uh, you got it. Yeah, oh, we got got the yeah, okay. We got wolf. That brings up something that um, I've... I know everybody's recovery program is their own, mm-hmm. just like the higher power. Everybody respects everybody's higher power, hopefully. But on the um, the whole meeting thing, a lot of guys think that going to meetings with your kid is a bad idea uh, because oh, they may hear something. Oh, they, you know, we got to protect them, and their sobriety is a different level. And I'm, I can, I'm of a I can come opinion. in for my dad here. I've heard pretty much anything he's ever going to say in a meeting. So 
that that was never an issue about me hearing something that I shouldn't hear. You know, I mean, that's the part where the open and honesty comes in, where we're just very truthful with each other, um, just letting each other know where we're at in our recovery. So, I mean, like I was saying before, and my dad put it perfectly, you know, we there was nothing I wouldn't hear from him at a meeting that I wouldn't hear at the house. So I would go to a lot of meetings with him. Right. Or even, even older stuff, like the where I was getting to is my son watched the dance with the demon. He saw in his formative years uh, me hit the bottom and then see the guy afterwards or who I'm trying to be. There's no hiding. I mean, it's not soft. It's not like, oh, yeah, you know, I was 10 years sober before you were born, and I'll talk about right. stuff that happened. The cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Well, the cat was already out. Yeah, there there was right. no sugarcoating it. But I think, I mean, I have to say that I think you guys, you're the exception rather than the rule because I think a lot of fathers would – Maybe still try to be more uh, be more guarded, or we know a lot of those fathers. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you do. And I I think a lot of uh, a lot of kids wouldn't be able to handle their parents' honesty or be as open to it as you are. You know, you're you're not. But like you said, you the cat was out of the bag already. You already saw the demon. So this is the good side of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we have we, we have a question, um, a studio audience question that, that just came through here, and that is, how how did you raise the raise the bottom, or how did you get to the point where you could get get the ego out of the way enough um, t- to get into the program uh, as early as you did and save yourself the the grief and stuff and the home group stories oh. uh yeah so um i don't know i had seen my dad's recovery for about it was two years then so and uh, my dad's talking about the home group stuff what i had seen in my mind at least was a couple of guys coming in getting ready to make animal sacrifices with their cloaks and their daggers <laughs> and I'd just be hiding upstairs in my room. The meeting cult thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course that would piss me off because, you know, if I was upstairs, I didn't have my Xbox, so if I was downstairs, I had my Xbox, but I didn't have the comfort on my room, so it's like I didn't want to travel back and forth between the two because this cult meeting was going on and I could get sacrificed in the process. So. <laughs> you don't get sucked like in there. You were yeah. sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then to kind of answer your question, like, um, it really just kind of clicked, especially with my dad being in the program. So you because, were like kind of un- inadvertently at the meetings. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Like I said, at first it took about a week for me to really come around to it. But right after um, I had told my parents about the overdose, um, my dad jumped on me right away and was like riding me hard into the ground with this whole program thing, getting me to meetings, um, getting me to at least one or two a day and just kind of showing me like the better side that there is to sobriety. Yeah. And um I don't know, like after about about after that week, I did some deeper thinking and I kind of saw some behaviors in my life that could make me um, one of us, I guess I could say, yeah. an addict or an alcoholic. So yeah. it was just simple little things like um, always wanting to be perfect growing up, wanting to get the best grades, um, 
reading in over excess, uh, working out in over excess, playing video games until like five, six o'clock in the morning and then going to school at like seven thirty. I mean, it was just little, um, mind frame, like frames of mind that I could see from me growing up that made me a perfect candidate for the program. Right. So it's almost like you were, um, you were all, you were all packaged and ready to go. All we had to do was add a little drugs and alcohol and then to burst into flame. And then, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I have to say though, I think that it, it's not, I mean, I can see how, you know, being in those meetings and, and hearing that stuff was the, you know, was a big help probably to taking the next step. But I do think that it's an exceptional, maybe more frequent now, but 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 an ex- still exceptional thing that you can see the disease without without seeing as much of the substances stuff as as you know you can see that you can see the disease in your history. Well, I don't think a lot thing. of people I come do. in that, yeah. that that are that aware, and I think I give your credit your dad credit for that. Oh, definitely. I mean. Yeah. Some of the things, uh, just to talk off of that, I didn't have a lot of use with drugs or alcohol, so I think that's what made it a little bit easier. I mean, when I did it, I did it in over-excessive amounts, but it wasn't a frequent type thing. It was Mm -hmm. just a very um, over-excessive way of doing it, so that's why I think it was a little bit easier to see it. You could see over excess, you know, excess, 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 whatever, add whatever, whatever it would, you know, buying shoes, um, you know, uh, trimming your nose hairs, whatever, (laughs) whatever it would be, right? Too much. I just want to do a disclaimer for the parents that that are listening. (laughs) Just a disclaimer for the parents that are listening. Just because your kid might play a lot of video games doesn't automatically... Doesn't qualify. Qualify him no, as so an addict or an alcoholic. Really that was just my story. Yeah, there's, so. there's a lot more to it than <laughs> that. What you guys will also hear when, uh, if anybody goes to meetings and hears uh, Max, uh, he is one of my heroes because he and his friends, his sobriety crew, are doing something I could have never done at their age. And a lot of, well, and I want to say too, yeah, that's really nice of you to say because there's, there's, I, uh, there's a very strong, big, strong, Young people's recovery program here in the area that yeah. that people people need to know that young people can recover. Max is an example of that. Mike is an example of that. Young people can recover. You know, it's like parents I think are are so hopeless that their kids could ever get well, and and it happens all the time. When the other uh, stuff that happens too is uh, for the uh, AA uh, leading deacons out there, um, I did get out of the way of my son's program when he chose to take it over and make it his program. Yeah. And that was the liberation for me also. Is when he told me he fired his first sponsor and got him the new sponsor, I said, training wheels are off. Go on. <laughs> training <laughs> wheels are off. Uh, let me just ask you one more thing, and I think then we'll cut to, uh, we'll cut to, uh, we'll go back to Mike and hear, uh, hear his, uh, his Latin rendition of whatever it is you're going to play. But let me ask you this: If there's one thing, and I'd like to hear something from each of you, is is there anything that you would like to to kind of close, tell parents, you know, say to to wrap this up? What would you tell uh, What would you tell parents? Um, yeah, you just have to love your kids and get out of denial. When when the demon is released about the drug and alcohol situation and the addiction, 
they're going to be whoever they're supposed to be. They're not going to return possibly to that uh, fuzzy, nice-smelling, just-out-of-the-bath kid. They're human beings and they're adults. And the, the key that I've learned from others in program, I didn't come up with this one, accepting. Accepting that they are who they are, and they're just trying to be the best possible them one day at a time. And it's not a mathematical situation. If they have X amount of days in program, then they're going to be cured. Right. Mm-hmm. When they make the commitment to this, that's the benefit. That's the payoff. And they're going to become the best person they can be. Bumps in the road. Max, what do you got? Well, ditto basically on what my dad said, but I'll also add my own twist on things here. Um, definitely for the parents, um, just be open to your kids and let them come to you on their own time. Because I know just from experience, um, whenever my parents tried to come to me about it, like, what have you got in your yeah, closet? Like, you what have I got in my closet? Yeah. <laughs> Max, why does your room smell like a skunk? Um, oh, it's just the moldy soccer clothes. No, it's not. Anyway, just let your kids come to you because the more you try and pry and force your way in, I, I know just from experience that made me just like lie, deny, counter, accuse. And I just didn't want to open up to it. But just being there for your kids and letting them know that if, they ever need to talk about anything that you're they're willing to listen that just will help out a lot and for the kids out there that are thinking they might have a problem just talk to your parents about it i mean if there's going to be anyone that's open about talking to you about it, it's going to be your parents because they want to be there for you to try and help you out you know they're not just kicking us out of the nest and expecting us to fly on our own right away okay. so what, what, Good. I, I know you said one thing but what max just said brought something up to me be honest with your kids. If they come to you and say, hey, did you ever get drunk? Be honest. If they ask you, did you ever experiment? Be honest. If you look at them and lie, eventually they're going to know it. Yeah. So, you know. and, and it doesn't help. In other words, it doesn't help for parents to pretend that they don't have their own problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And uh, I think that's that's really a good message. You know, so... Um, Thanks, thanks you guys. I know, and I, I want, I'm still the, the jury is still out on Batman and Robin or uh, the Odd Couple. I'm I'm going to have to go with Batman and Robin on this one. Go with Batman and Robin. What do you think? I think I, I feel Batman and Robin. Yeah, I'm Batman. Batman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I heard Batman music, so that must have been that yeah, was it. Yeah. That must have been it. All right. So, what do you think, Mike? Batman and Robin or the Odd Couple? I don't know. I only know Batman and Robin. Okay. <laughs> That's right. You don't know the odd couple, so you have nothing to compare it to. Okay. What are you going to play? Uh, I just found this back and check today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Encore. <laughs> Gotta love technology not working in the right time. Thank you. 